The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is powered by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop. Join the Quarterly Fly Club today, your source for all things fly fishing. And wait for it films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, check out Wait For It Films on YouTube or at www.thewaitcreativeco.com. And Broken Tippet Fly Company. Blog and fishing apparel and accessories. Check them out online at brokentippet.com. You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. To have all that before you can get out on the ocean, eh? so. so so now you're fully overqualified in that yellow John boat out there on weekends. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a bigger steering wheel, man. Wait, I want to know the story behind that boat because whenever I see it, I see I'll see somebody post a picture and I'll see, hey, there's Steve in the background. <laughs> yeah, I see the yellow boat. Uh, where did you get that boat? I got that off. Uh, oh man, what is his? I can't even think think of his adrian his name was adrian uh on his his handle on fly bc on the fly bc forum i believe is nail knot okay. adrian visser that's his name mm-hmm. and uh he had posted it and my wife I, I i was looking at it my wife came she looked over my shoulder she said uh, uh, uh. i said look I'll get rid of two of my other boats if I can have this one. And she said, okay, if you can promise me that. But now, that was several years ago, and I just sold the other two just the other day. Oh, you came through. Guiding. Yeah, I did finally come through. It took a few <laughs> years, but I did it. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the Fly Crate. The Fly Crate is an online fly shop where you can save more on flies and gear. Shop between hundreds of unique flies and join the quarterly fly club for hand-picked fly assortments for each season. Exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can save an additional 10% on the Fly Crate by using the code FLYFISH97. Go to theflycrate.com and use the code FLYFISH97 at checkout to save 10%. Thanks for tuning in this time around to the FLYFISH97 podcast. Really happy you're joining us. And we're going to head out to, actually, I don't even know. I believe he's just south of Penticton. Um, We've got Stephen Bullerwell on the line. Now, Steve, I see out on the water a lot. He's in all the social media. He's an avid tire, avid fly fisher. I always recognize Steve by his yellow John boat, and um, I know we're fishing a lot of the same waters. He owns Suntouched Painting. Steve, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. Where where are uh, you? Where are you? I am right in Penticton. Okay. Yeah, so I'm in a sweet little spot uh, up on Penticton Ave, and I'm right by a little creek. Uh, that holds it. a lot of brookies. Yeah, yeah. I grew so, up on uh, that creek. Yeah, yeah so. I bet you did. Cool. Yeah. And so I can, uh, when I come home from work, I can uh, throw some elk caracatus at those guys and, and uh, you know, dry flies and peg them off. Yeah. Good stuff. So I always like to start at the very beginning. So I know you're really avid, Steve, when it comes to fly fishing and tying. Where did it start for you? Like, where, where did you kind of first pick it up? Oh, man, you know, it started, I mean, it started in Calgary officially when I first got onto a fly rod. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was a kid, I can remember um, 
I was on uh, Francois Lake and, uh, and I was fishing with my mom, you know, she was teaching me how to spin cast. I was just a little guy, four or five years old. And I'd seen a guy fly fishing and, and from her recollection, you know, I'm trying to whip this spin casting rod, you know, and, and, uh, I was trying to fly fish with the spin casting rod and, and she just let me do my thing. And so I always had an interest in it. I've always had an interest in fishing in general. Um, but when I got to Calgary, um, I was out there, just had a spinning combo, you know, just coming from Prince George as a gear fisherman. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got onto the Bow River and I was messing around, you know, with Meps Black Fury type thing. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm watching guys and they're, they're fly fishing and they're catching nice rainbows and I'm getting whitefish in the riffle water. Mm. And that was all. And, and a fella said to me, he said, no, 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 an Oriental fella, he said, you, you need to fly fish to catch uh, trout here, you know? And so I went up to Walmart, bought myself an eight weight Omni, you know, with the, the <laughs> yeah. whole setup yeah. and uh, line, rod, reel, everything and for about 80 bucks and tried to teach myself and got all angry and said words that turned the sky gray, you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I ran into a fella down there. His name was Ian. He was a professor at the university and he was an avid fly fisherman and, mm-hmm. He said, you know, we're supposed to be having fun here, fella, and this kind of thing. And I, I, I was so mad. I couldn't cast and line wrapped around my legs in that moving water and on and on. So what happened was he ended up um, teaching me for the next seven or eight days in the evening. He said, you come down here, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, I'll be here and I will teach you hmm. the basics. And he did. And uh, And after that that was it. I was hooked. So yeah. if you had to kind of look back at who has influenced you along the way and kind of who's either mentored you or just kind of showed you the ropes, uh, let's name a few names, man. Who, who, uh, who's helped you? Oh, you know, I, you know, there was that fella. He got me going. Um, uh, there were, there were other fellas. I can't even recall their names. It was so long ago mm-hmm. that taught me so much, you know, on the river's edge and this kind of thing. But, um, of course, you know, when I got to BC, the Stillwater thing came up and same kind of idea. You know, I'm watching guys crank them with crannies and had no idea what I was doing on the Stillwaters. You know, I was just here and I was trolling back to back to fly fishing, but just trolling leeches and slow presentation and, and but not doing well on some of these trophy lakes. And so there again, there was a guy there. You want to learn? You don't want to know what we're doing? Yeah, okay. Hmm. I do want to know. So he showed me, showed me the four-step method. I don't know his name. I never got his name, but he showed me how to do it and set up cronies properly. But, you know, and I didn't even know what a chronomid was. I didn't know really anything about entomology at all. But, you know, of course, the names that you run across in some of the magazines and stuff, like Phil Rowley, Brian Chan, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, they would, you know, reading these articles, basic now to me, but at that time, um, just reading these articles over and over by Phil Rowley and Brian Chan, learning what the life cycle of some of these insects and this kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, those were, th- that was the beginning of it for Stillwaters, you know, right. so those were, those were the names that, that really um, drove it home for me. But then there's other guys too. There's so many other talented fishermen 
um, on the water that I meet at some of these, like, like Kyle Meath, we've talked, you know, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've had him on. He's a, yeah. He's a guy that, um, he's a very good angler and I've learned a ton from him. And, um, and, and I just like his style, you know, he's always got the attitude we're on the water and what you'll hear Kyle say all the time is, um, he'll be like, Hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try something different. Sounds crazy, but what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. I won't catch a fish, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So, so that attitude, I'm always like, yeah, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I won't catch a fish. Try something different. Right. Let's go with it, you know? So. And you guys are communicating out there too, which I think is a huge tool because, you know, then you kind of have the collective, right? To figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That's right. Yeah. So um, I, I want to get to know your day-to-day. Um, obviously, I know you're a busy guy with, with your painting company, SunTouched. Um, yeah. How's business been so, the last couple of years? You've been pretty busy or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's been phenomenal. You know, up until about four years ago in here in the Okanagan, you know, it's you get busy in the summer and this kind of thing, spring and summer, it gets busy. But then come, you know, December, January, especially January, I would starve. Because everyone spent their money over Christmas and they're paying down credit card bills and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not thinking about painting. But right now in Penticton, um, you know, we've got so many people coming from Vancouver, you know, selling property there for a lot of money and coming here right. and buying property for for a lot of money as well, but a lot less maybe than what they sold it for. So, so the boom is on and there's a, just a ton of building going on. Mm-hmm. and a lot of demand for all trades and um, and painting being one of them. So it's been, for the last four years, I don't have to worry so much through the winter, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I think you're the first, you and I live in the same town, this is my hometown, and I think you're the first person I've actually had on from here. No, actually, that's not true. I lie. I've had two others, <clears> but there were, um, it, it's funny how often I, I don't like, I, I, when I started this show, we tried to kind of go, okay, I'm going to, I'd have somebody from Pennsylvania one day and then I'd come up to Manitoba and then just trying to bounce around. But now I'm just kind of following the flow, man. Just whoever, whoever, yeah. whoever feels like sharing their story. And it's been pretty interesting. And I know you and I talked about doing this quite a while ago. I think we met on a lake and I said, I think we were on uh, well, one of your faves. Let's just put it that way. And yep, I, yep. I think we talked about doing this quite a while ago. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. When, when you're on your way to your favorite Stillwater, what are you mm-hmm. listening to in the truck? It all depends, man. Quite often, I'm just excited to get there. I'm not listening to anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's fair. I'll give my uh, I'll give my dad a ring and I'll call him. Hey, I'm going fishing this morning. Hey, good for you. We'll have a little chat, you know. Yeah. On my way up there, but um, or wherever I'm going, but um, it all depends, man. I'm I'm very eclectic in music. I I mean, I'll listen to John Denver one day and be listening to Iron Maiden the next day, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. whatever mood I'm in, you know? Yeah, I like it. But, um, is dad, but nothing really. Does dad, dad fly fish or? Oh, yes, he does now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And he always has to a degree, mm-hmm. but, you know, in the old days, it was just another method, and, and they didn't understand things back then, you know? <laughs> I mean, this would have been around, you know, the times when Elf Davy was figuring things out. So. Yeah, the gilly. Back in those yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in those days, um, from what he's told me, they would just go, well, they're on midgets, and there's no point to even going out. 
<laughs> and they really <laughs> didn't even know, you know, what they were talking about, but they knew they were focused on that and they couldn't, uh, yeah. um, replicate it. So there was no point, you know, but, um, but no, he's, he's always been primarily a gear fisherman for the most part yeah, and a good one. Um, I think there's a couple lakes he's responsible for cleaning out <laughs> and a lot of other people figure that too up North, you know, in the interior. Yeah. Um, he was always, he always used to hunt, uh, lake trout. He loved hunting big uh, lakes, okay. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, downrig fishing and this kind of thing. So he always enjoyed that. And, um, but since I got into the whole still water thing with, with, uh, fly fishing, I taught him how to tie flies and, yeah. And once he learned that, whoa, he really went to town on it, you know, so. Well, you mentioned Alf, Alf yeah. Davies' book. I know the Gilly. I bought that. That's That book, that's pretty old now. Uh, not as old as Jack Shaw's yeah. books, I don't think. But um, that was yeah. one that kind of, yeah, kind of started things. And he was out of Kelowna, if I recall. Um, oh, okay. I remember he used to come down and uh, give chats to the local fly fishing club that we were in. I have a signed copy, actually, right beside me. But, um, that's what I should have said. I got that mixed up. It wasn't Elf Davy figuring the things out. It was Jack Shaw. Yeah, Elf Davy just compiled the book of it, all these exactly experts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And well, and, and when you look at the knowledge base that we have now, like just, um, I mean, and the and the patterns. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm looking at the the patterns coming out in the past, you know, a couple of years, and whether it's chronomids or uh, damsels or whatever, um, tying has gotten a heck of a lot better in a hurry. Oh, it has. Yeah. It has. And you... there's so many guys, like I see on the Stillwater sites, like guys like Wes Penny and yeah. Trevor Tetzurik and all these, man, they are just, I look at that and I'm like, you guys are artists, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. it just blows me away. Uh, it's good to have something to shoot for, right? You know, uh, yeah. I think uh, it's like when we're fly fishing too and you surround yourself with people more knowledgeable than yourself, you can't help it. Kind of, it's osmosis, exactly. right? You just pick it yeah. up. That's right. Let's talk patterns. Uh, one go-to fly pattern for interior still water that you cannot live without would be? <laughs> well, if you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, it would be different. Okay. But now, and I'll take the walk of shame and just say that <laughs> boobies, man, tequila boobies. <laughs> yeah. You just can't go wrong with them for the most part. Yeah. You that, know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing natural about a booby. There's nothing in the water that looks or acts like a booby. But, boy, do they ever trigger a response, you know? Yeah, and, I've seen you uh, do well with that one <laughs> on a H yeah. HD line normally. Yeah, always on a high D line, right, right down to the bottom. Depending on the weed depth, I'll, you know, change my leader maybe from six, sometimes even to nine feet Yeah, if they're tall weeds, you know. And let that booby float up and then just give her a couple, two, three, four quick strips and stop. And the tequila's and the that. one? Tequila's the color for you? I like the tequila. Yeah, it yeah. usually is the go-to. I have a bunch of them tied up, different, all kinds of different colors. But um, the tequila is usually the one. And it, um, yeah, it just gets them going, man. Yeah. It just gets them going. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, the other patterns too, like. When I'm on the water, I'm going to find out what's going on. And, and generally, I'll start with the tractors. So whether those are, you know, really sparkly dubbing leeches or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, good stuff. Um, where's yeah. your favorite place to talk fishing when you're not fishing? So, you know, is it a local fly shop? Is it a coffee shop? Um, is it social media? Where do you get your fix on fly fishing when um, you're not fishing? 
you know, I pretty much talk to pr- everyone about fly fishing. <laughs> if, yeah. if I'm in a conversation with somebody, it's going that way. It just will. And <laughs> it'll gravitate that way. And I just do that without even thinking about it. <laughs> and, and that's how it'll be. But, um, but no, I really enjoy, you know, um, taking the hour and a bit drive, getting into trout waters, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to all those guys there. They're all just, you know, awesome dudes. And, and, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll spend some money in there, but I'm, I spend a lot of time talking to all those guys in there and picking their brains and just, and just yakking, you know? Yeah. It's a great and, shop. Uh, it sure is. Yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, this could go a few ways for you being that you're kind of Prince George area. Now you're in BC, but you were in Calgary. Let's talk sports. Uh, who are you cheering for? You know what, man? I've never been much of uh, a jock kind of guy, if you want to get into it. I've always been more into snowboarding and things like that. But, you know, like um, when it comes down to things like, say, hockey, Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm usually going for Edmonton. Okay. But like like people say, you know, I'm living in the past (laughs) because I can remember, you know, being a kid and growing up and watching – Gretzky and the Moose and Tikkanen and all these guys on the same, all these yeah. just, you know, dream team, right? Hitting the cup over and over. So, so I usually, yeah, I go for Edmonton a lot when it comes to something like hockey, but, but baseball, football, I just, yeah, I just never really get into it too much, you know? Yeah. Fair. No, yeah. Yeah. Since you've been fly fishing in time, what has it taught you? Like, what does it bring into your world? Like, what do you think it makes us be better at or you know um i know that's a loaded question but yeah well it teaches you a lot i mean of course it teaches you patience for sure Mm -hmm. and it teaches you that you got to live with failure sometimes because you're not always going to go out there and hammer them you know some days you do you go out there you're the man you hammer them and you feel really good it's kind of like golf that way and you go out the next day and you're like, why can't I make this happen again? You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, yeah. it was happening yesterday and today it's not happening. And that guy over there is killing him. What am I doing wrong? You know? Yeah. So it, it's humbling. It's really humbling. Oh, yeah. You know, that way. Yeah. And, and it'll, it'll bring you down real quick or bring you up one or the other. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, uh, yeah. Well, how was the golf the other day? Because we were we were going to talk on the weekend, and I think you said that your son wanted to go golfing real bad, so you're going to spend some time on the course. How'd that go? We actually didn't go. My wife and I uh, actually ended up heading to Kelowna. I had to pick up a bunch of gear okay. for my next adventure here, so I got to send some totes out, so we had to go yeah. uh, spend the day shopping in Kelowna. Okay. But, uh, so we never did get out golfing, but I did buy my boys for set of cl- clubs uh, a couple weeks ago and nice. we were out and we had a good time, you know, just yeah. hitting the ball, just not, not keeping score, just hitting the ball. Well, the weather's getting yeah. better and most places are starting to open up. So that's always that's a good right. sign. The problem is, yeah. is it opens up the same time the lakes start thawing, right? I- I, I know it's hard yeah. to make a decision on a Saturday morning, eh? <laughs> oh. Do you chase, do you chase that ice off? Like, do you kind of do the elevation <laughs> thing, you know, chase the hatches? I, you know, I don't really No, It's hmm. where, like, you know, where I go, you know, my fave spot. Um, yeah. um, yeah. and, and <laughs> that I do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it's so close to home for me that, you know, I can be there and, 
what, 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. And I'm on trophy water. And, um, and that lake is so unique that, you know, just so much structure and peaks and valleys, you know? And so I just, that's just. And tough. It can be super tough. Oh, it can be super tough to you. Yeah. It'll, yeah. yeah. I've heard guys say, Hey man, that's just a methadone clinic up there, but no, it can be, it can skunk a lot of guys. Yeah. And, um, but you know, so I'll go there, but I don't really chase the hatches. It just depends on where we end up. Like sometimes I'll be like say to the family, okay, we got four days, let's head up, up behind Princeton somewhere. And there's some beauty lakes up there too. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just stand up there and, um, yeah, we usually just make it work. You know, we figure out what's happening, you know, if it's June, um, who knows what's going on at some of the higher elevations, but we, we usually figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's the best job you've had, you know, now as a business owner, maybe you're, you know, living your best life. What's the best gig you've had so far? As a painter? Just in general. Like, uh, what do you, what do you really, well, Hey, uh, Bertie told me you might be doing some guiding, so maybe the best is yet to come. I think the best is yet to come, yeah. I, <laughs> I enjoy painting, and I've done a lot of different things. You know, when I first started my business, um, I, was, I was leaving another painting company that trained me very well in high-end work, but I wasn't known as a painter. So I just did a bunch of stuff. I had learned how to uh, clean windows professionally, which is harder than it sounds, It's or more technique than you would think um you know i did that i did uh i was doing junk removal i was doing uh snow clearing i was doing a bunch of different stuff you know Mm -hmm. and um but painting has kind of been well window cleaning is really good too they're they've all been really good you know but but uh, i think the fun the funnest i've had so far was I ended up getting into while I was still running all these other businesses under one name um, was when I got into uh, scrap metal. Hmm. And yeah. And my wife would joke. She said, I think it's funny how you neglect your job to collect scrap metal because at some point I was, I was cleaning out an empty lot Mm -hmm. for a realty company and I brought in a bunch of steel piping and I brought it into action steel here. And they said, do you want to weigh this? I said, well, why what are you gonna give me money for it well yeah if you got enough holy smokes so i walked away with the 20 dollar bill and then i oh i was on it uh, every alley i went down i was throwing bed frames in the truck and you know <laughs> dryers and you know i was getting about five dollars for a dryer or a washer you know by weight or whatever yeah and um so that was you know it wasn't the most luxurious job but um yeah i i had a lot of fun with that <laughs> just making money off the principle of yeah. free money everywhere. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> ultimate throwing their that's the ultimate yeah. recycling too, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had, really, when you get right down to it. Yeah. What's the worst gig yeah. you've had? Oh man, I think I would have to say retail. Oh. You know, and that's why I came to Penticton and I ran uh the pet cetera here before they went oh, under okay. Okay. where the pet smart is now. Yep. So I, I'd been in the pet industry for quite some time ever, ever since I started fly fishing in Calgary. That's why I was in Calgary, uh, taking care of the store down there and then in Kelowna. And, that's and where I recognize here. you from. It's coming back to me now. You had a very yeah, familiar long face. Ass hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had long hair, like down the middle of my back, all curly and, and, um, yeah. And, but I think, you know, it taught me a lot. But it was just the worst gig because 
customers treated you so badly. Hmm. And then on the, on, you know, not all of them, but quite a few of them, you know, they, and the hoity toity kind of folk, you know, mm-hmm. they expect you to be, you know, down on your hands and knees as their servant type thing. But, but then as well, big company, you know, big companies that all they, they're looking at the number, man, they don't care about the people. And they're yeah. just, you know, it was grueling. And I went to burnout at that stage. Really? I was working. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hmm. totally burned out. And it was a long time before I could kind of mentally come back. So what did you do in that. the meantime, but, like in the interim when you left there? What did you, what did you get into? Painting right away? I, no, I got in. Well, sort of. I got into a little bit of janitorial for a guy I knew and, mm-hmm. you know, doing some cleaning at Superstore. And, and it was only just getting me by. And I was renting an attic suite off a fella and so i didn't need a ton of money so i was doing that and then and then it turned into painting after that it it uh, i met a guy who was a really good painter he needed a guy and then bang, i was on yeah you betcha where are you going to be guiding or can you say that yeah yeah oh yeah i can say that yeah i'm gonna be guiding um at peregrine lodge in haida Gwaii. nice oh that's yeah cool. yeah it's pretty cool is that a summer and, gig or is that what's yeah, I guess so. I I ship out uh, May twentieth, mm-hmm. and then I come back. Uh, I believe second week in September I come back. Something like this. So, so thus the uh, the captain's license. Is that where we're going with that? Yeah, yeah. I had to go. I had to go get all my certifications in Richmond uh, just a couple weeks ago. There. Yeah. You know, with Transport Canada, they require you to have the uh, small vessel operator proficiency course, yeah. um, small vessel domestic safety and uh, maritime radio course perfect so you have to have all that before you can get out on the ocean eh? so. so so now you're fully overqualified in that yellow john boat out there on weekends yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to get a bigger steering wheel man Wait, i want to know the story <laughs> behind that boat because whenever i see it i see i'll see somebody post a picture and i'll say hey there's steve in the background <laughs> yeah i see the yellow boat uh where did you get that boat i got that off uh Oh man, what is his? I can't even think think of his Adrian. His name was Adrian. Uh, on his his handle on Fly BC, on the Fly BC forum, I believe is Nail Knot. Okay. Adrian Visser, that's his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had posted it. And my wife, I, I I was looking at it. My wife came. She looked over my shoulder. She said, "Ah uh, ah uh, ah." Uh. I said, "Look." I'll get rid of two of my other boats if I can have this one. And she said, okay, if you can promise me that. But now that was several years ago and I just sold the other two just the other day. Oh, you came through. Guiding. Yeah, I did finally come through. It took a few <laughs> years, but I did it. And uh, so, yeah, he, he wanted um, a certain amount for it. And I went and made him a deal. He's, he's a helicopter mechanic. He lives in Kelowna. Okay. And uh, he said, yeah, there you go, man. It's yours. So, Nice. And I just love it because it's so wide and stable. It's kind of my own floating dock. You know, yeah. I don't sit a lot in the boat when I'm fishing. I'm standing and I'm casting. And even when I'm just watching indies, I'm yeah. standing. Yeah. Keeping that trigger hand ready, you know. <laughs> I That yeah. seems to be the norm these days with these new kind of, uh, you know, wide bottom boats, a lot of standing. And, and even standing when you got the old electric going from, you know, spot to spot, trying to spot fish, trying to see insects, trying to see what's going on. It's maybe speak about yeah. that and how important that is when it comes cuz i find i find we're doing a lot of hunting lately especially on these lakes that are heavily pressured you're looking around you're looking for where the birds are hanging out you know maybe there's a hatch going on or just something yeah. a little different what 
speak to that a little bit. Do you find you're, you're covering a lot more ground than you used to in, in the old belly boat or, you know, kick boat? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and especially like standing and versus sitting, I can get to my rods quicker when I need to, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often you'll see me in my boat, my legs are getting tired. I'll kneel down right in between my rod holders, you know? <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no, I like to stand. I like to be able to see down into the water when I've got good light in which I can see that, especially if I'm in shallower water, if I can see cruising fish, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, like you say, I can see the bugs. I can see a whole 360 degree around me. I can look around. I can see what the clouds are doing, you know. Um, yeah. Um, just, you know, um, observe the wind, anything. Yeah, if I'm at, you know, my lake, uh if the cows see the cows over there, are they laying down sleeping or are they standing up getting at it? What's mm. going on here? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, see, see just everything you can. Yeah. You wouldn't, sure. you wouldn't happen to yeah. fish, fish a lot of ranch land, would you? Uh, yeah. Well down here, <laughs> pretty much everywhere I go. Has cows. <laughs> That's, I, I was telling somebody the other day, the best lakes are where the cows are and wherever the grass, like the, those, those open fields meet the timber. I don't know what it is. Yes. It's a recipe for big fish, I swear. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And uh, and it, it harvests chronomids, believe it or not. I was telling Kyle, like, just yesterday, I got this book from uh, the Malaspina University. I've had it for a while now. I've had it for a few years, and I slowly go through it. It's um, And I have to have a dictionary with me to understand some of the words they write down in this book. But, mm-hmm. but one of the things in there, chronomids have been found uh more uh quite often in cow patties alive hmm. can you believe it yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. in a noxious environment like that eh so maybe that's uh driving the chronobin numbers up i don't know <laughs> hmm. we yeah. got on the line tonight captain steve bullerwell out of ben- <laughs> benedictine bc uh he uh, spends a lot of time on on the still and uh, chasing trophy rainbows in the interior of british columbia um have you had anything weird happen to you steve in your time on the water out there like anything like you know you're not going to believe this but this this really happened <laughs> well yeah you know uh, yeah there's there's been yeah i guess there's been a lot of things you know um but, you know, especially up where, where I go, uh, my fave lake, uh, you see a lot of weird stuff up there. And, uh, I mean, a lot of people get naked on the shoreline. <laughs> and I'm sure you've yeah. seen that up there, too, yeah. you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. So you see things like that. But, yeah, I guess I've had weird things happen. Um, I The one time up there, I was, uh, I was in my pontoon boat, and I was crony fishing, and I'd had a fish on and uh and i lost him and oh he's gone and strip went to strip the line and still had tension right well what the heck is going on here and wow feels kind of heavy but no head shake well this must be a big bruiser i'm gonna hold on to him i'm not gonna horse him and i must have played around for 15 20 minutes before i decided okay that's it i gotta put pressure on this fish <laughs> you know i thought it was one of those ones just sucking to the bottom not moving hmm. and uh so i brought it up and there was a a rod and reel it was a scientific anglers kit rod hmm. an eight weight with uh with a really nice scientific anglers mastery series reel on it wow and so and what that turned into is funny the way it turned out because i kept the reel the rod was shot 
Right. Um, the uh, top half was shot. She was rotted right out, but the bottom half was still good. So I had a old ProTac rod that I had broken the bottom on, but still at the top. And it the two sections fit together, <laughs> different weights. One was a five weight, one the bottom was an eight weight, and and, uh, and I just used that as a, an old clunker to use whenever. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, and then but I was fishing with a guy there last summer. Uh, my buddy John Manifold, I don't know if you know him. No. Uh, the British fella, he's a real good guy. Good angler, too. We were sitting right beside each other fishing, and, and like we do so many times, and, and I'm telling him about this this rod I found over there, and he said, no. Or no, he was telling me about this rod he lost. And I said, huh, that's funny. And he said, what, you going to tell me you caught me rod? I said, I sure did. And I held it up and showed him. I said, I've been fishing with it all the time, <laughs> you know, and you've been beside me how many times, John? He, oh, my God. And he kind of wanted it. Well, I just want the reel back. I said, I already traded the reel for my anchor rope. Oh, so uh, <laughs> that's funny. So that was, yeah, that was kind of an anomaly. <laughs> what are the odds on that, right? Exactly. I had, yeah. uh, I shouldn't admit this, but I had a, I, an old Berkeley that was, you know, it was a cheap rod and I broke it and, uh, I had a, uh, GL Loomis that I also broke. So we put the Loomis with the Berkeley and we called it the Bloomis and I fished oh, that yeah. thing for years <laughs> as a second rod, but, uh, yeah. the things we do, eh? It's crazy. And sometimes they're the best ones. Hey, they just, yeah. if you're not worried about breaking it. Yeah, exactly. They last you know? forever. Yeah, that's right. The minute yeah. you look at a high end rod wrong, snap. Yeah, that's yep. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, paint me a picture, man. I I, I want to know your dream day. Like, so let's say everything lines up exactly how you want. Paint us mm-hmm. a picture of what that looks like. What are you chasing? What's the weather like? What's, what are you throwing? Man, if I just show up, I just love bluebird days, you know, with a little bit of chop at my back. Not much, you know, not having it totally still, but just a little bit of ripple. And I really like to wind drift micro leeches under the Indy, you know, like BMWs and stuff like that, number 10s. Um, and um, that's my ideal day. Or on Cronies doing it that way too, two floating lines out and just cranking them one after the other, you know, that is, that is a beauty day for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah. love it. Hey, where do yeah. we, yeah. where do we follow your, your trips on Instagram or Facebook? Um, Facebook, just under my name, Stephen Bullerwell. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm on, uh, on there is Sofa Steve. Right. Yeah. You had a video last year that I probably watched 30 times and it was, (laughs) it was on a certain lake and you had the rod in a, in a, one of those trigger holders. Yeah. In one of the Berkeleys. Yeah. Yeah. Holy man, did that fish take off. Oh, she did. And it was like that all day, Mark. And there was nothing huge. There was nothing over three pounds, really. Yeah. But they were all panaced. I don't think I got a Fraser Valley that day. And and it was happening bef- uh, pretty much at the, in the time it took for that crony. And I was fishing a, a blue dun yep. um, with, uh, with silver wrap. And that, and number 20, just small little Dairiki number 20. 1760s or whatever and or, uh, or no 285 sorry and uh they were just hammering that they were just I, I had two rods out i could have fished with one but i was having a lot of time getting a lot of fun getting double headers 
but and it was so good that day i mean it was happening every two minutes and i was in wow. 17 feet of water and mean depth and you know 16 feet down and it was just incredible and i've had a few days like that but that was just awesome those every single fish that hit there was no chance to set the hook they set it themselves was there and, uh, was there anything peeling off like were there crannies popping or mayflies or what was going on yeah yeah there was some on the surface but there wasn't a ton hmm. but uh, you know popping up on the surface and that was just kind of something i was like well We'll try this today. This was working last week because I had been out with my son yep. the week before and we had similar day, you know, like 30 fish days. And, um, yeah, it was just, they were hogs in a trough down there. Yeah. And, uh, hogs and in that a trough. was, I think, no, oh, they were hogs in a trough. And I think that was around May 15th, something like that. And it just turned on yeah. and the big pond, the big side wasn't happening. You know, my buddy Klaus, he was over there fishing oh, yeah. four feet of water. And and it wasn't, he was getting the odd one, but I was over there just hammering these little guys, you know. And uh, it was just, it was an amazing day. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. You're, so, you're, if your buddy Klaus is the same Klaus I'm thinking of, I have a picture from yeah. him from the mid-80s of some giant fish. Um, I'll have to show you. Um, he, he used to be in a Is that the same guy? Yeah. 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 That's okay. right. Yeah. He's a builder. Yeah. 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 And I extremely talented. I got to show you these yeah. fish. You're not going to believe it. Yeah. Wasn't, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's no longer fish that big in that lake. I will tell you. Not, yes, not even close. That's right. Um, yeah. I have this theory and I can't prove it, but that blue done in small sizes, I swear sometimes that could be a mayfly because I, I find that, like, we always think we're fishing chronomids, but I think sometimes we're not. For sure. You know? Yeah. It's hard. And that can be with that can be with anything. Hey, you could be fishing a big, fat dubbing leech. Yeah. And they might take that for a dragon there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. so you never really fully know. And what are they on? Yeah. Balanced dragons. Well, maybe it's a giant sedge pupa or maybe it's exactly. a dragonfly yeah. right who knows yeah, yeah that's right that's right yeah talk to me about yeah. your time steve like i'm really curious about um you know it sounds like i can tell you spend a lot of time at the vice just when you can name the the types of hooks you're using I, i've been doing this a long time and i always forget what hooks the numbers you know 2741 <laughs> or whatever uh, right. there's some standard ones but um what, what kind of vice do you like to tie on well, I've got the uh, the only one I think anyone ever needs. There's a lot of fancy vices out there, right? Like you can get into those automatic nor vices and all these things. But I think a Renzetti Traveler is mm. all anybody ever really needs. Um, they're a just gooder. a phenomenal, yeah, they're a phenomenal vice. And I tra- I do, like anytime I go to any lake, my tying equipment comes with me. Really? Um, oh, yes. Oh, I tie because if I'm out there and somebody else is catching on something I'm not, and I don't have that, well, I better tie up a few. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's commitment. With me. I, I've tried yeah. doing that. I just find that I don't want to leave the water. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> if it's on, yeah. if it's on and I'm not catching, I'm going to find something in, you know, the fly box that'll at least do something similar. You can, the, the yeah. amount of patterns you have in your fly boxes, you can usually come closer, maybe just a little jiffy marker here and there trying to change things up. But I, that's right. That is yeah. commitment, man. I got to commend you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I've, uh, I've always done that. It just, uh, because I, there's been times where I've been out there. I had two certain flies, whatever it is. 
And then, and that's producing and that's all that's producing. And then, you know, and that's what I'm confident on at that time. And then all of a sudden, okay, I lost one's bent out. The other one shredded or I got broke off, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm back to the camper. Or even if I'm just up for a day trip, my a bin is in my truck with, and I'll just zip over to a picnic table, tie up a couple more real quick right? and get the water back. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, let's talk tools and, you know, your, your favorite, uh, materials. Like let's start with the thread or are you very specific on what you use for thread as far as brands or colors? Um, I am, it all depends on what I'm tying, but you know, like if I'm tying crannies, I want a flat thread, yeah. you know, of course. Yeah. And UTC really puts out some really nice flat stuff and, yeah. and, um, so, but it all depends on, on what I'm tying. Like if I'm tying, like say, deer hair dragons which doesn't happen very often um because it's so messy i i usually go buy my gum fists um just because yeah they're yeah. just so it's so messy <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah. um and it's just easier to buy a few but but um if i'm tying something like that you know i like to use a good strong like kevlar thread or something like that you know mm-hmm. so it, it really all depends on the hook side i'm size i'm using you know yeah. I, I like when I'm tying one of the very um, fundamental things for me is not to crowd the eye and not to put too much bulk. Hmm. If, if I'm going for a certain profile, man, I don't, I want to be able to build with that thread. Um, yeah. You know, if I'm building up a bit of a taper, you know, with, you know, but, uh, but not something so thick that it's going to overdo it. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And I, I yeah. well, as uh, as your and my uh, good buddy Sheffy says, thin to win. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's not wrong yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. No, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but then again, sometimes it's the ugly flies that work. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. as fly tires, and I'm sure I've heard it so many times from other people too. But it's true. We we try to tie these perfect flies. But quite often, it's just the bushy, ugly, like I got, well, Klaus, my buddy Klaus, um, he fishes a scud, and I'm telling you, it's on a straight shank, and it's small, and it don't look like nothing. I look at it and go, it just looks like an amoeba. It just looks Hmm. like, you know, but he slays with it. What color? But, uh, well, I don't know if you'd want me to say, but it's a, it's a gray color. Okay. Yeah, a light gray, and um, but yeah, it it's just a bunch of just mm. um, like uh, rabbit dubbing, really. Just, yep. just, and it's it's sparse, and it it doesn't look like much, but those rainbows hit that boy. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but then you can tie up a really nice scud, and yeah. Do you fish a lot <laughs> of scuds or shrimp patterns yourself? I don't. I don't, man. No, I I hate it. I hate it. I do too. Um, I don't know why. It's it's one of those things I've never really caught on a scud. Um, I'm not confident in it, but I know how very important it is. And so I always say every year I'm going to put in more time on that. And I did this year. Yeah. And I still – I fished right beside close he hammered him and i'm like what is wrong with me <laughs> you know and we're on the same type line we're on a slow sink yeah and, and doing the exact same retrieve i'm watching him and he's yeah do it like this and i'm like okay but no nothing for me but mm. him yeah 20 fish no problem you know <laughs> yeah it's a confidence yeah, fly so. for some and i'm with you it's um i've had lights out days but i just i just find that it's not my go-to for sure. Um, yeah, me too. What about leader material, tippet material? Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you like to use? 
Well, I use, um, I usually run like the Seeger, you know, yep. I'll run, uh, the butt section, like if I'm fishing crony or anything. Red um, label, blue label. Gener- yeah. The red label. Okay. Yeah. And I'll run her from like a 15 to get a good stiff turnover to, uh, to a 10. And then I run uh, Maxima usually, or even a lot of guys don't like Berkeley vanish, but, uh, I stand by Berkeley. I think that's a really good product for a tippet I, material. I got a buddy that you know. uh, swears by it. I can't stand yeah. it, but, uh, he loves it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like it. It's, it's, um, cost effective and oh, yeah. a lot of guys say, well, it breaks easy, but, I've never personally had that problem. So, hmm. yeah. Is the Maxima yeah. floral or is that? Uh... Floral. Yeah, yeah. I always use floral. Yeah. yeah. So Just you're floral all the way, all the way down. All the way. Mm. All the way. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, because it, it's limp, right? It hangs straight, stiff. It just, yeah it, yeah, it works nice. It gives a nice presentation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I always find that interesting. What about indicators? Are you uh, round, kind of egg-shaped? What, what? I, I like the egg-shaped, and I like them mid-sized. I don't like the really little ones. I like them mid-sized, okay. you know, um, but not the big ones. I don't like the real big ones. That's just too close to bobber fishing, even though it's bobber fishing. But, <laughs> yeah, I know what but, you mean. Uh, They're harder but to cast. It's, um, yeah, yeah, and I just I just don't like the idea of it. I like a nice mid-sized um um, indicator swivel because i don't really use them as a bobber i use them as a depth setter because very seldomly do you really see the indicator go down you're looking somewhere else <laughs> you know <laughs> and then your line's taken off but uh yeah um yeah. swivel no swivel swivel yeah most of the time what size most of the time Oh, they're, you know, I don't even know the size, Mark, but okay. uh, they're quite small. They're just a little barrel swivel. swivel. Yeah. Black? Um, I get them for, uh, yeah, they're kind of a gunmetal in the middle, and then they've got two gold ends. I can't remember the brand, but I just get them from Canadian Tire, hmm. and I keep I keep them quite small. Yeah, I, I generally keep everything as minimal as I can and as light as I can on my fly gear, you know. So on yeah. your, on your, uh, fluoro tippet you say you go down to four pound quite often um yes yeah generally down to a four pound you know okay. depending on where i'm fishing yeah you know yeah. Uh, sometimes i'll have a six pound but generally i like the four pound little thinner and and as long as you're not horsing your fish mm-hmm. you know you're not rip setting them just you know with that indie goes down or you see your line's gone down you just lift the rod you don't have to always horse it you know yeah. And, um, so yeah, no, I generally go with lighter gear. Yeah. But not so light that I'm going to be playing these fish too long and, you know, they're building up lactic acid and get messed up, you know? Right. So, yeah. well, that's an issue where we fish cause the water gets pretty warm. Um, it sure does. So yeah. it's a lot of, uh, you know, early morning, late evening. What, what do you use when you're fishing the high D booby? Like, are you fishing, um, floral with that as well or are you fishing regularly generally floral with that too yeah Yeah. you betcha okay yeah 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 cool um double anchor always generally yeah Yeah. pretty much always yeah yeah Yeah, i got two 15 pyramids yeah and uh i've got 70 feet of anchor rope on either side and uh that usually does me if maybe if i end up getting up to sheridan i might need some longer rope but Mm. but uh i think we all got probably not more reason to go up there now and bug Brent. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, he's up there. It's funny when I was doing my um, courses in um, Richmond there for this guiding thing. I I ran into a couple of 
uh, guy and a gal, the guy and his daughter that know him. I didn't even get their names. I was so focused on my work, but uh, mm. they <clears throat> they had told me. He said, "Well, he moved from DLR up to uh, yeah. Piney, a place called Piney Point." And I was right. like, "Oh, really?" And then it was shortly after I saw it on Facebook. I was like, "Oh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool." There's a lot of good yeah. water up in that area. Is there anything on yeah. your on your bucket list uh, this season, Steve, that you hope to kind of uh, maybe hit some new water, some you know yeah. new areas? I mean, I'm going to be gone most of the peak season, right? I'm going to be in Haida Gwaii. Right, so right. When I come back, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, before that, yeah, I had bucket lists for sure. There's a ton of lakes around here, mm. around the Kamloops Merritt area that I've never hit and always wanted to try and and um you know and and even get out to some a little more like salmon lake is just such a phenomenal lake because they've got the wild stock in there i think they still have wild stock and then um you know and then the stocked panas and all that and that lake has always just been a gem because everything jumps nothing bulldogs you they all jump as soon as they hit and i've always really liked it there and i've always wanted to go there a little more you know Mm, but i love that uh, lake but if yeah, it's a lot of fun. But if if you really want to get into bucket list, one day I'll be in New Zealand. I'll make it happen. Yeah. And I want to go after the Browns during flood season. Nice. Yeah. And because, uh, you know, up there you could be sometimes during the flooding season, you could be fishing something that wasn't normally part of a river. It was a field, right. you know, and she's flooded out. And uh, so I've always wanted to try that. That would be definitely yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the, the time to chat with us tonight. I wish you uh, all the best on the new endeavor there, um, guiding. I'm looking forward to hearing some stories. Maybe we can hook up after uh, you come back down um, down south. We can uh, kind of find out what yeah. the season was like. Or maybe even before. I don't leave till the 20th. So Perfect. Let's get... You got lots of time, man. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. Yeah. You got my number. Yeah. Hey, Steve, thanks you for doing it. this, man. Yeah, no problem, Mark. Thank you. We've been chatting tonight with Stephen Bullerwell. Now, Steve is out of Penticton, British Columbia, Canada, uh, avid fly fisher. You'll see him around there in his Yellow John boat. Uh, he owns um, Sun Touched Painting in the Peach City. Thanks for joining us this time around. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.